0: When should you unfriend, hey cut problematic, toxic people out of your life? How do you know if they're really toxic? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, Thinking People's Thinking People. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, real-life friend.
1: Yes, I am a
0: friend! And with me, as always, is my luminously loyal co-host. Nathan
1: Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and, um, <laughs> I didn't think this one out. Um,
0: really good friend to a really small amount of people. <laughs> Not wrong. Not wrong. And I'm very proud to be among the small cadre of people that you pretend to be friends with online.
1: Correct, yes. I, it, it's a really good image for me to look like we're friends, so I really try to lean into that. But, you know, anyone who actually knows behind-the-scenes of Overthinkers, we are at each other's throats daily. So um, as soon as the Overthinkers ends, which is probably never, uh, we will just go our separate ways like the Beatles. Uh, so just know that Joseph and I, this is all an act, us liking each other and getting along. We really
0: actually do hate each other. And that's a rock fact. And I know there's a bunch of people in the comments being like, I knew it! And will just be proud Yeah, oh well, so uh,
1: they figured out our secret, we hate each other, but uh, we'll smuddle through and keep the charade up.
0: (laughs) Sounds like a plan. Okay, so on that topic of friendship, see that segue we did there? We're good at this at this point. Uh, Today we're discussing when it is time to cut off a friendship or relationship, family or otherwise. But first, Nathan, if people enjoy this extremely fake friendship we have and want to, um, and want to engage more with our content and meet fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They
1: can go to the overthinkersjournal.world where they can find out more about their fake friendship hosts and they can send us all of their love and hate mail. They can also go make some fake friends of their own on the overthinkers private page on Facebook where we talk about all the fun stuff we talk about here and post tons of intellectual, interesting, and fun memes. So head on over there. Um, You can also, if you do enjoy the podcast uh, and want to keep the charade up, please leave a review. It really does help us so very much. And make sure to share with your fake friends.
0: Fantastic. Okay. We live in a culture deep in tribalism and great loneliness. People have fewer close relationships than ever. And there's an increasing pressure to cut off relationships with people for a variety of reasons. The Atlantic piece, that's it, you're dead to me examined the modern trend encouraged by many influencers on social media to label people as toxic if they add any negativity to your life, whether these are friends or family members. This has led to a sharp rise in family estrangement, with more and more children choosing to cut off contact with their parents. Politics is another big reason people are cutting off loved ones out of their lives, according to the Huffington Post. And according to Pew Research, 40% of Americans don't have a single friend of the opposite political party. This trend is socially enforced as well as individually chosen, with people online offering pressuring others online to cut off a friendship if they don't support the right political movement or whatever, with some, for example, condemning the progressive Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg for uh, her friendship with conservative Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Supporters of this trend see this as empowering boundaries and accountability for individuals and in society. Others are not so sure. Caitlin Tiffany, who wrote the Atlantic Dead to Me piece, worries that no relationship can survive these standards since we all bring negativity into each other's lives. Author and columnist Arthur Brooks worries that this undermines the social fabric of our country if we can't love across difference, including political difference, and contributes to our loneliness and unhappiness. Sociologist Dr. Jonathan Haidt argues in his book The Coddling of the American Mind that the belief that negativity constitutes abuse is one of the drivers of the increasing mental health epidemic in the country because it causes our muscles for dealing with negativity to atrophy, making smaller and smaller negative experiences feel devastating. And yet, all these voices decrying this trend can be unhelpful for those who are legitimately in toxic or abusive relationships who need guidance on when to leave. So, what is the line? When should we cut off friendships with people, and when should we stick through them despite difference? So, Nathan, I'm throw it to you. When should we cut off a friend or family member, and what's the line between someone who's an offense has an offense that's forgivable and one where we're right or even obligated to cut them out of our life? This
1: is one that i'm probably not going to speak very eloquently on um only because i can see really strong reasons on both sides for why someone would do or not do this now i want to be specific here and say um and get specific about the reasons about why this happens and why we're seeing more of it Uh, so on one side of the issue i do think i see a rise in people cutting off friendships relationships family and that does worry me on one side of this this issue i think you know in an age when there's something called a loneliness epidemic by experts in an age when people are more separated uh, more divided more angry when there's rising rates of depression when there's rising rates of anxiety there's rising, rising rates of um suicidality that I think it's probably a bad practice to willy-nilly and very freely um, cut people off and cut people out of your life. Because as we know, having friends, having community, having people is are the things that will bring your life um, goodness, health, support. And so if we're too quick to cut those people off, um, I, I think we're going to see a, a really negative Uh, thing happen inside of our lives and ultimately both individually and society at at, at a whole. And so, you know, uh, what I've noticed in the the part that worries me, we see this across culture a lot. And by that, I mean, pop culture is um, people cutting people out of their lives um, for, I would say, inadequate reasons um one you know the main one i think that we can all kind of identify is if you believe something politically even social you know kind of the socio-political um uh list if you believe something wrong on that side and by the way this isn't and really, there's no one group who is uh, egregiously guilty of this over another. This happens within the church. This happens within secular society. This happens on the right. This happens on the left. This happens everywhere. And I do see it rising everywhere. And that does worry me. Um, you know, very often, though, I think we can point to what, what's been happening a lot is seeing you know, on Twitter or TikTok or Instagram, a lot of people talking about I'm cutting off family because they have um, uh, different uh, political beliefs than I do. Um, They're cutting off friends because they have different religious beliefs. And I'm not even talking like wholesale. A a lot of times it's because they believe one thing differently. It'll be like, oh, your reaction to this thing in the news was this. And that's not a part of this tribe or group that I'm kind of trying to associate with in that case, I'm going to excommunicate you out of my life. And again, this happens on every different side of every different issue. And so, it's not even just you know you believe this whole you're you're totally involved in this whole other thing that I'm not a part of. It's a this very minute thing that people are uh, minute things that happen in, in culture, and everyone's expected to have a reaction about. Um, you believe one wrong thing, not a litany of wrong things, one wrong thing. We cannot be friends. And I think this is also happens as a result of, uh, and, and I can attest to this having lived in Hollywood and New York, that who you associate with can affect your social standing, especially, um, if you're in a place where your social standing, like Hollywood can affect your income, your life, um, if you can pay rent. And so I do understand that there is that component to this thing that people will cut people out of their lives, not even because they dislike them or hate them anymore, but because their association with this person who believes the wrong thing about X, Y, or Z could actually impact them. And so I do understand that, but I also say that's a, you know, a a pretty thin reason to get rid of a friend. And it kind of makes me wonder, do people have loyalty anymore? Um, So, but yeah, so on one side of this, I would say that people are, are far too quick to say, you know, this person believes something different than me, Um, you're out. You know, I've had people who when I talk to them and I give my opinions on whatever it might be, religion or politics or just not even opinions, my thoughts, you know, I'm thinking a particular thing and all of a sudden it, it comes in conflict with something they believe about this particular thing and they cut me out of their lives, which is very sad to me. Um, and I think, you know, and I actually had a desire, even though I knew they believe something different than me, I had a desire to connect and maybe we can talk. Maybe I, I will agree with you. Maybe you can show me. Um, but I think, you know, that's one of the sad things about cutting people out of your life is you don't actually have that influence over them anymore. If you believe they're so wrong, you're not going to actually have that connection to help them be quote, right anymore. But yeah, I think this is happening a lot. And I think there's a multitude a multiplicity of reasons as to why it's happening. Um, I think a lot of it does center around social standing. Um, but I think a lot of it is um religious. And by that, I in and, and, and that can actually drift into politics. And what I mean by that is with Joseph and I have talked a lot about the postmodern age in which we've kind of gotten rid of religion. And so our new identifying um tribalistic uh, uh tendencies kind of push us into groups where it used to be kind of this is just my opinion that's your opinion and, you know I had a friend who um whose dad grew up uh, from the beginning of the, of the 20th century and he said you know on his um one of the neighbors was totally conservative one of the neighbors was totally liberal and they would talk about these things and argue Um, but at the end of the day they were friends they met at the cookout they uh, shared you know gave a cup of sugar or you know here's some milk uh they laughed they knew each other's they watched each other's families grow and so there was this age kind of in the past where it's like yeah we disagree but who cares the things we hold in common family love uh honor um loyalty those are the things that we're friends over and those things and these other things Are tertiary things your political beliefs are tertiary? That's not who you are. That's just a thing I disagree with that you believe. But now a lot of our things are religious. No longer are politics tertiary. They are they are a part of who we are. And so a lot of the canceling comes from when you see someone who disagrees with you, they're not disagreeing with something that uh, you know. Just kind of this, yeah, I have an opinion about this. They're disagreeing with a part of who you are. And, And I see a lot of the reasoning behind um quote canceling or unfriending or cutting people out of your lives is not because you have a difference of opinion it's because um you no longer who you are at your core no longer agrees so if you you know ingest uh, a political identity as kind of your whole understanding of the world as and that's what I mean by religious you're kind of it, it may it's a framework by which you understand the world you see everything in context and that and you kind of decide this is who I am inside of this if someone disagrees with something there they're not just disagreeing with an opinion anymore they're disagreeing with you and who you are they're disagreeing about something who you are and so I think that's one of the another you know kind of one of the reasons we see this happening a lot is because a lot of the things that used to be tertiary have been ingested as a part and and kind of grafted into who we see ourselves as our identity um so I you know that's just kind of an understanding as to why this is happening But on the other side of this, and well, real quick, I'll say, and the reason I think that's bad is for all the aforementioned reasons as to, um, I think the more people you cut out of your life, um, uh, especially people who who genuinely want to be in contact in a healthy way, who genuinely love you, even if you disagree, um, the lonelier you're going to be. And loneliness really, really does have a negative affect on our lives. Um, That being said, that's one side where I'm like, I, I, I think I'd be more careful before I cut people out of your life. They might just disagree with you on something, but want to be your friend. The other side is um, there are really abusive, toxic people. And I mean that in the actual definition of the terms, not, you know, they they wore the wrong T-shirt that was offensive to me and now I'm going to cut them out. Or, you know, th- they love someone who I think they shouldn't love. So now I'm never going to talk to them again. Um, you know, th- that's a really silly reason to get r- rid of friends. But what isn't a silly reason to get rid of friends is if someone who's having an actual measurable Um, toxic effect on your life. And I mean that in the fullest um, understanding of that word where you can see and feel um, the, the effects of their unhealth and how it's bringing unhealth into your life. And this would be everything from abuse. And let me say this very clearly, if you are in a relationship, be romantic or platonic with someone who is clearly abusing you, and that can be in the form of um, of spiritual abuse, that can be in the form of uh, mental abuse, uh, verbal abuse, and, and very particularly physical abuse, that is uh, all the reason you need to cut them out. So I just wanna say that very clearly. If, if, if you are being abused and you are being hurt, um, in a, in a measurable, long lasting way, absolutely cut that person out. Um, uh, and so there are reasons to get rid of people in your life. I just think we've kind of widened the Venn diagram circle, uh, with the reasons we get rid of people, uh, with the, with, because of the reasons I just talked about, um, Uh, into this thing where we can kind of get rid of anybody who doesn't perfectly align with exactly who we are and exactly what we believe. You know, we've become a hyper specific culture, right? It used to be we had like a few uh, TV channels and everybody watched the same TV shows. Now we have a million streaming services with a million TV shows. And so um, even like, you know, take fast food. It used to be, you know, everyone's going to go to McDonald's if they want a burger or the local diner. Right now we have literally, especially in New York City or L.A. where we live. It's like if you want a very hyper-specific food. You can order it uh, any restaurant you want, very particularly exactly what you want. And so we become a very hyper-specific culture where we kind of believe we can order off a menu everything in our lives. And if something doesn't exactly fit our expectations, um, then uh, th- then it's wrong and we should get rid of it. Um, and so, you know, even we see this with dating, it's like one of the things that comes with online dating is um, you can kind of... Uh, very hyper specifically um go look for someone who fits you exactly where it used to be you grew up in a town it's like well that girl's kind of cute that guy's kind of cute and uh we have enough in common let's get married and now it's like well that girl doesn't perfectly match up to ex- everything I want. She doesn't like the same things exactly that I want. Um, you know, she's a, a Yankees fan and I'm a Rangers fan. You know, we, we can't. There's no way we could ever be together. And so I think hyper specificity is also a part of this where we can we feel that we can order the almost idealized image of a friend um, that we have in our mind into the world because we can do that with everything else, be it our TV shows, food um, or dating. And so, when it comes to friends, I think we have this wrong-headed idea that we can exactly expect them to be like we are, and if they aren't, get rid of them. And so, I know I'm just kind of dumping a lot out here, um, and I'm and and uh, th- there's a lot to ingest. But I think this is a really important issue because people are lonely, and uh, well, two things are rising: loneliness and unfriending uh, and cutting people off. And I think that those, I think it would be really um, I think it'd be silly to say that they, they aren't connected or correlated in some significant way. Um, so yes, there are reasons to cut people off, but typically I find those reasons to cut people off are much, the, the actual real, definitional reasons happen um, far more seldomly than uh, reasons you should actually stay friends with someone. Uh, and we'll get into why maybe you shouldn't. You know, I, I think we, we kind of covered why you should. If there's abuse, um, absolutely. Uh, get out of there but maybe we can get into some of the reasons why maybe we shouldn't unfriend but i'm going to shut up for now that was a lot of stuff joseph kind of what are your thoughts on this whole thing
0: i love you like starting out and then me getting to go second one of the reasons i love that is because i get to have you get to do this giant verbal dump where you get so much really smart frustratingly smart stuff and then i get to like refine it and like you know go go through it really you just you put a, give me a lot of it's it's a you put do a lot of the heavy lifting which is a lot of fun
1: um i i like dressing the set for you i you know i want to make sure the stage is all set it has all the things necessary for you to come out there and just you know knock out the performance of the year all right mr demille i'm ready for my
0: close-up exactly exactly i love you man um one of the things i think is really excellent point is that everybody's agrees that I think, I don't think anybody agrees, disagrees with the fact that in cases of abuse, you cut off that relationship. And I would say even most people, I think say, if your friendship, this is sort of my rubric. If your friendship is actively harming you or harming other people, your friendship is uh, harming other people. I think that's a good reason to cut off that relationship, and I think most people would say, yeah, that's a pretty good rubric. But we have expanded our definition of what constitutes um, being harmed and harming others. You know, I mean, the the what's interesting in the um, Atlantic article uh, about the rise in um, uh, family estrangement. One of the things they point out is that there isn't a a rise in abusive families that we can tell, but there is a rise in family estrangement where people are cutting. Families off, so it means that the definition of abuse is widening. And I think that you know, I agree with like, you know, if it's physical abuse, if there's verbal abuse where people are demeaning you consistently over time, and you say so you have, have these measurable reactions. Now, one of the difficult things is that many people who work in uh d- domestic violence um uh, shelters will say, and I had this conversation with uh, Dr. Nancy Percy on the Religion Unplugged podcast. You can check that out, that whole interview. It was really good. She mentioned that, you know, she knows people who works in that and it's very often very difficult to convince people who are being abused that they're actually being abused. And so that is definitely something it's very easy to convince yourself that you're not being abused when you are abused because, you know, you love that person. You believe that they love you. And so, you know, even if you have those measurable, oh, they're they're physically abusing me. They're verbally speaking extremely harmful, har- hurtful, harmful things to me in ways that are actually really affecting me. That's something, and that's why I, why I think a lot of good things to do is is if you are experiencing negativity, you know, talking to a therapist or talking to third parties is a good thing to do to just like gauge whether or not you're being feeling you're being abused, but. The definitely the expansion of the definition of abuse that I've seen that you've alluded to and then Jonathan Heights alluded to, one of the things that I've seen is that people say, okay, somebody is abusing me if they're not supporting me in my dreams and my opinions. Like you said, you know, my identity, my identity is that I'm an artist. You know, this is a sort of trivial example. My identity is that I'm an artist. And so if my parents are not supporting my dreams of being an artist... Therefore, I can say that they're a toxic person who shouldn't be in my life. It's like, no, that's just called having a parent of maybe a different generation and different outlook. That's not something where their negativity is going to, um, you know, is actually abuse. That's something you should, a conflict that is actually benefits you to deal with. Another thing, of course, you talked about the rebel politics. One of the things that the, that activists will say, and this is, again, I, I'm not saying this as a criticism uh, James Baldwin, the famous black author, said, "We can disagree on any amount of politics as long as your politics doesn't deny my humanity." So his thing is like, look, you know, if we're disagreeing about whether black people deserve equal rights to other people, like that's not something we can be friends about, you know. So there's, you know, that so it's like there's there's a line with what politics is, a dehumanizing thing. There's another form of politics, which is the much more common view of politics, which is that we have the same core values. We just disagree on the right way to go about them. The easiest example of this to give is something like minimum wage. And I'm not taking a side here. I'm just saying that economists disagree on minimum wage, whether or not it hurts the poor more or helps the poor more. And that's the thing like there. So the most people who disagree on the minimum wage just disagree on which version of it actually hurts the poor you can read online for a lot of those arguments and we're thinking about having an episode on overthinks just about that at some point but that's another time but saying like most political disagreements even the ones that you like you know hold most dear like abortion or things like that are people saying hey i agree with the same values i just disagree on the application but again people are like okay but if this is even and this goes into the social aspect. People are like, okay, even if I feel like I can disagree with people on something like politics, my being friends with them lends credibility to them and support to them to the degree that they can harm other people. So you know, I'm as I say, normalizing a person who is um, hurting other people through their political views. And I'll actually give a great example of this. Is I've I love the show How I Met Your Mother. And we go, we we all. We've all talked about this, the Overthinkers podcast. Everybody loves it. We disagree about the ending, but most of us love the other parts of it. But one of the things we go back and talk about and say, man, the gang was really complicit in Barney's behavior and treatment toward women, which was extremely, you know, deceptive and, you know, tricking people into sleeping with him when he did not intend to have a long-term relationship with them, any kind of respectful relationship, their friendship with him kind of made them complicit in that kind of thing um, that he was doing. And so I I go back and I think like, okay, but for me in most political disagreements I have with people, if I I have a friendship with somebody who's across the political aisle, how is my friendship with them causing them to vote more like that way? You know, how, uh, how is my friendship with them causing more people to agree with their politics that I think is so harmful or stuff like that? So I think that, and I think that we can see bait. So I think there are lines where it's like, okay, maybe being a friend with this person who has different politics than you is somehow causing direct harm towards you or driving direct harm towards others. But mostly people have this idea that if you are friends with a person who disagrees with you in some fundamental way, that automatically causes harm to you or harm to other people. And I don't think that that's, I don't see any evidence that that's actually true. I think in fact, friendships often can be redemptive. Like you were saying, there's a, we brought up this before. This is an extreme example, but we've seen, you know, um, what was it? What's his name? I actually forgot his name. Hold on. It's right here. Uh, Daryl Davis. There's famously a black man who befriended members of the Ku Klux Klan and converted them out of it. Now, again, we're not saying that's the standard everybody should do, but at least your, your life has to have room for that being a positive thing, that somebody did that. So I think that there's a good reason to say if there's a person, a friendship with somebody is directly harming you or harming other people, I think that's a good reason to say, That is something that we should, you know, you should not do. Although, you know, again, it's complicated, but I think for most people, the definition of harm has been expanded so much that dealing with conflict is itself considered a form of abuse or violence because we deserve to be validated and agreed with, not um, not just loved. So that would be sort of my where where I would uh, start out with the conversation. Also, the fact that the fact that this is a growing trend, we know we're getting lonelier than ever before, and we're cutting people off more than ever before. It seems like our bias should be on the side of again, unless there's real abuse, you should check out. Our bias should be on the side of probably we're doing it too much rather than too little. That's sort of my uh, my my first thoughts on it yeah I like I like
1: a lot of that and I think I think you're absolutely right the definitions are important because definitions can inform us about a reality of the world and if we have a new so, so uh, social definition of, of abuse that says uh you know if someone disagrees with me about something they're they are abusing me then we're going to see a lot more division and what do we see we i mean literally every outlet talks about it that division is everywhere and it's over every subject from from the huge things going on in the middle east or war or all the way down to like what tv show do you like or do you not and so it seems to me we're almost looking for um reasons to uh divide to separate and i think a lot of it has to do with we're all looking for an identity i think you know um, coming this generation, much of which has come out of, um, families that were either broken or absent, um, and coming from places that didn't offer any kind of, uh, it, you know, religion has been on the downturn for decades now, didn't offer any kind of definition. A lot of, of us are looking for definition of who we are. And so we gravitate towards groups and places that give that definition. And some of those are religious, some of those, some of those aren't. Um, but also one of the things about definition of identity that we tend to do is we identify ourselves in opposition to something else. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm currently working on a new book that I'm really excited to, um, release whenever it comes out, could be a year or whatever. Um, but, but it kind of takes a look at the difference between tribalism and community. Uh, you know, tribalism is built around simply opposition to a perceived threat, uh, and this is how sociologists uh, kind of describe it. That you know, if if you have a tribe, uh, think think about it in the um, you know caveman kind of thing. You make a tribe because there's wolves and monsters out there, and so you the tribe is to offer you protection um, against those wolves and monsters, and that's where you find your identity. But it's only in opposition to something where they say community. And this is you know psychiatrists, it's sociologists. I'm not just making this up community is more defined about what you have in common and what you love. And so, you know, there's a, there's kind of that Instagrammy, um, uh, a quote that floats around, but there is some truth to it, which is promote what you love, don't bash what you hate. And what that really is getting to, at least in my mind is community is built around a shared love. Like, you know, Joseph and I uh, initially met because we love film. We love art and we love our faith. And so it wasn't in opposition to all those, you know, something, you know, some bad guys out there, instead, we formed a relationship out of a shared love. Um, and you know, the same thing happens with a million different ways, but there are relationships that we see often taking place, um, because people are looking for identity that take place in opposition to something else. We th- my identity is I'm not that. I'm not them. And that's a really shallow place to build your identity, particularly if you win, like if you win out over the bad guys uh, in your head, then what is your identity now when you don't have something to be opposed to? So what I'm saying by that is um, is I I think we're all too ready nowadays to try to to create identity for ourselves by being in opposition to someone um, uh, uh, that is is what we've been told is a perceived threat. And as you brought up, um, uh, Daryl Davis, I believe his name is, um, uh, what an inspiring guy that he saw a problem. And he said, actually, um, the problem to the monsters out there and the, the monsters of the Ku Klux Klan in his world, the problem to the monsters isn't, um, isn't separation is actually engagement with them because through relationship, I can change them. Uh, and he did. And again, not all of them uh he did not change all of them but he changed some and so there is something to say about relationships staying in relationship can actually bring about the banishment of the bad um and and not create an identity about what you're against but what you're for can actually create more relationships and actually pull someone into the beautiful quote ideology or philosophy that you have you know i saw recently on twitter there's these two people um and i'm not going to call them out. But they, let's just say they are socially on the opposite, like complete opposite sides. But there's this one particular music artist that they love. And one of the people on one of the extreme sides did a a cover that was really, really, really good of this musician that this person liked. And he had this comment and said, listen, I disagree with them on almost everything. Like literally politics, religion, everything you believe, I disagree on. But I listened to your cover and it touched me and I loved it. And I am just so glad um, that you did that. So I can connect with you on that. And the other guy replied and said, I'm so glad that there's one square foot um, that we can share on this land that we can't share. And I think that's actually a really beautiful thing is that most of the humans in and around you want the same things. They have the same need for love. They have the same need for community. They same need for uh, purpose, the same need for understanding. And so there might be an acre that you can't stand on um in 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 uh, any kind of likeness or, or or continuity of belief but there might be one square foot where you can say but we do have this in common and maybe that square foot can expand if you're willing to step on that square foot again there's plenty of reasons to not be in relationship with someone there's plenty of reasons to say this person is harm harmful to both as joseph pointed out um not just me but other people i can't sit by and watch this person harm other people but there also might be room in there to say in relationship, you can step in and say, you're hurting other people. If you have built a rapport and built a relationship um, and, and been faithful, rather than just cutting it off, you might be able to stop that person from hurting more people. There have been moments in my life where I'm watching my friends either hurt themselves or hurt other people that, and you pointed out how I met your mother, they, you know, they were complicit in his sins. But what would have been really cool is to watch them step in and say, you're hurting women. We love you. We have a connection with you, but you're hurting people. And we're not going to be a part of that. We believe that you can be better. And that can actually change people. Relationships actually change people. So if you actually believe that the person you disagree with, that you're about to unfriend, um, is causing harm. I'm going to go ahead and, and agree and, and say whoever that is in your mind, in that mind, that person on Twitter, that, that that family member um, and they're causing harm to both you and another, and, and the world. Yes, set up boundaries, set up ways that you're not going to be hurt. But it just might be through your relationship with them, rather than throwing that away, you actually might be able to help them stop the behavior, behavior that's hurting you, themselves, and others. Through relationship comes change. And so that's one of the main reasons I encourage people to take a second uh, uh, second thought uh, before they hit that unfriend button. So casually is that it might be through relationship. You can actually help them. And that's not something more entirely, you know, that that's really fine. And, you know, there might be a time in your life where I can't help them right now. I don't have the emotional bandwidth. I don't have the mental bandwidth. That's, just not something that I, I'm able to do. And that's okay too. Um, and then, you know, there's even in scripture, uh, there's this kind of concept that Jesus talks about, which is, um, the hardness of heart. Right. And it's that, um, uh, that w- there are some people whose hearts have turned hard, that they're not going to hear you, that they're not going to connect. And there's sometimes after you try and you find that their heart is hard, you might need to walk away. And that's totally understandable. But if there's a softness at all, even if you disagree about a lot of stuff, if there's a softness, if there's a willingness to be in relationship with you, if there's a desire from them, um, even with a lot of stuff of disagreements and and whatever it might be, Um, That softness, I think, is is worth investigating to see if you can help change, grow, support. And that's not popular right now. Uh, The whole idea of cancel culture, unfriending, separation, is something that has grown to where it's almost like a moral good to cut people out. And even if you believe you're on the right side of everything, you have all the politics, all the religion, everything right – You might, and and please let me know who you are, and I would love to meet you because I want to be right. But we all think we're on the right side, right? And that's that's something to to consider. We all believe we're right. But if you want someone else to be right with you, relationship is how that's going to happen. And so cutting that off will pretty much ensure that they're not ever going to um, actually come into the quote, right, the beautiful wholeness understanding that you have. And so that's one thing I always try to remember when I get fed up with people, when I want to cut them out of my lives, oh, they have the wrong opinions. I, I actively look for the, the the one square foot that we can stand on together, and maybe that can expand through me being willing to stand on that one square foot with them. And by the way, if I only worked with, talked with, was friends with people I agreed with, um, I, I would have never worked with anyone or been friends with anyone. Um, You know, I I was a young Christian kid who moved to Hollywood. Um, There was no way, unless I learned how to connect with people over that one square foot of acreage, um, I was never going to either make friends or work ever again, but I've found it so valuable in my life to have friends who think differently than me. Um, sometimes I've learned. sometimes I've been pulled into their right because I was actually, and I and I look back and go, oh my gosh, I believe that. That's crazy. I'm so glad that someone was willing to be my friend. um. And it was because I had a soft heart towards them, but willing to be my friend and help me into an understanding, a better way of life, a better, you know, perspective, whatever it is. I'm so glad that someone's willing, didn't just cut me off and was willing to do that. And so I try to ask myself short of abuse, actual, um, demonstrable, uh, abuse is, uh, is there something we have in common? And there, is there a way that I might be able to help and love this person, even though we disagree on so much, even things that I think are are really, really core to me. You know, one of the things we love seeing in movies is unlikely friendships. I'm watching right, oh no, I'm gonna wait for my bless because I know I I just figured out what I'm gonna bless. Um, Okay, so I'm not gonna say it. I'll I'll talk about the blesses curses. So you're just gonna have to stick around if you wanna hear what I'm gonna bless and curse. That I think is a brilliant, a a really brilliant um, example of this. But yeah, so, you know, I might be talking in circles a little bit here, um, but I think there, there are reasons to give people up um and sometimes it's just a season of life all right we're you know but but i think we're more talking about the active unfriending more um, aggressive choice based um unfriending um and cutting out there are reasons to do that and real reasons and there i've told people you need to do this before but there are also pretty strong reasons to not do that and i think that if the world generally did that more often left room for that one square foot Um, we would actually see a lot more health, beauty, friendship, less loneliness, um, in our world. And I think, um, the reason that we are, I think because we are so quick to cut people out now who don't fit into our tribe who don't fit into our, whatever it might be, as we're trying to, you know, find our identity or whatever it might be. I think that is a huge reason for a lot of the pain and hurt we are seeing currently, particularly when it comes to community loneliness, depression. Um, so I would just really highly suggest. Have a second thought about is there something we have in common? Can I invite them into goodness? Is there a willingness? Is there a soft heart? um and if there's not, you know, go on your way, shake the dust from your feet um but i I would say have a second thought. don't be too ready to cut people out of your life because they disagree
0: with you yeah no i I would say for anyone who is Deciding, has a disagreement or a conflict or with their friend, I would say ask the question, is this actively harming me or harming somebody else? What friendship, what aspect of this friendship is actively harming me and harming other people? Is the negativity and that I'm experiencing with them harm that will make me weaker or harm that will make me stronger? You know, is this negativity because conflict makes you stronger? Creating conflict, you know, uh, experiencing conflict, having disagreement, all that stuff makes you stronger. Is this pain that will make me stronger or pain that will make me weaker? Ask those questions. If this is pain that's going to do damage and make me weaker, then that's a friendship that's probably toxic for you. If this is a conflict that by engaging it makes you stronger, then that's a sign that's a friendship you should actively pursue again some of my best friendships have existed and have made me so much a better person have been because i stayed with those friendships and even if again it's a person that your values are so far against each other that you think the person is on the other side evil tribe just ask yourself don't just say okay oh, hey, they're on the they're on the evil side i'm going to be you know i'm not going to be friends with them ask what harm is my friendship with them somebody on the wrong side actually doing why is it harming me how is it concretely harming other people and write those down and then say okay are is there a way to have this friendship where I don't become complicit in the harm myself or harm for other people and there is maybe that's a friendship you should actually have again I I almost cried when you were talking about the how I met your mother crew and what they could have done differently with somebody like Barney. I mean, cause they're always, they're always staging their interventions for each other. And, you know, that was a part of their friendship that they had. That was, that was a, a part and parcel of their friendship. And that's something that friendship should friends should be doing with each other. And, you know, there are, there are of course, some cases where there's no way for you to um, be friends with a person without actually being complicit. For example, you know, I mean, this, you know, I mean, it would be very difficult to be friends with Hitler without being complicit in his evil, for example. Um, So like there are cases where that's actually true. But I think most people just reflexively think that way about people, their own discomfort and negativity. Because again, when I've had friends call me out, like I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. I'm not proud of this. But like I've had like, you know, a day or two where I've just felt miserable because they've called me out on something I didn't want to hear and it has shattered how I see myself in the world and I felt utterly miserable. But I didn't take that as a sign that I shouldn't cut those people out of my life. I took it as a sign of I need to work through this and figure this out. And I did and it made me stronger. So the negativity itself is not the sign. It's what kind of negativity is it. Now again like, I've heard parents talk about, like, you know, again, this is coming out around November. And like, there's a lot of families who are like, oh, should I go visit my parents for Thanksgiving and things like that? I've heard people say, like, look, my, I have kids. And when I visit my grandparents, the things they say about, about, uh, you know, about minorities and stuff like that, I'm watching it make my children racist. You know, there's like, that's like, okay, that's an example of like, I can't go visit my parents with my kids because that's a, because it's harming my children. It's like, okay, that may be something you don't go as a family. Maybe you can still talk to your parents on the phone and stuff like that when your kids aren't present or something like that. And it's something where you can still keep up that relationship in a way that doesn't harm. But like, yeah, if there's this thing like that's actively harming people, that is a good boundary to keep. Well, I was just gonna add maybe, um, yeah, there's a boundary there to
1: protect your children. There's a boundary where you can you can measure the harm that being friends with this person in this particular way is doing. But maybe you can also if there's a strong enough relation, call them out, show them where they're wrong, show them. So then just, just keep on going around hurting people. But you can say that's wrong. I love you, but you're wrong about this. And because you're wrong about this, the world is a worse and more difficult and less beautiful place. Let me help you and show you. And some people will be hard hearted, don't want it. And that's that happens. Um, but it just might be through friendship that you can bring them into something more true and beautiful.
0: So exactly, you no, know, 100%. So that's an example of, okay, figure out maybe there's a boundary here that we can set. And if it doesn't work, maybe then we'll have to do something else. But that's what I guess if if I could sum up my thing is ask the questions about it. And the other thing is if you've tried other things, first try other things other than cutting off the friendship whether or the relationship, whether it's you know, whether it's a romantic relationship, family relationship, or friendship relationship, whether it's because they are being negative towards you and, you know, getting you down, being discouraging, whatever, you know, disagreeing, try to resolve the conflict, to repair the friendship first. If you don't have if if first try that before you decide it's not gonna work. Because right now, you know, C.S. Lewis had this um and oh and and don't do it because other people told you to or they're going to hate you because of your friendship as the other days, there are people who look and say hey because these people disagree with you and i it, like even particularly strangers online when they say hey because you are friends with this person you're complicit in their harm only cut them off if you agree with them <laughs> you know that's that's the other that's the other aspect of this but I guess it goes always back to overthinkers. Think through this if there's actual harm being done. Because C.S. Lewis talked about the fact that there's... Um, uh, what's oh, what's the word for it? He talked about people uh, going around with fire extinguishers on the Titanic while it's sinking. And we live in an age right now where where people are dying of loneliness. and the, And it's partly because we have learned behaviors to not actually stick with people longer and more loyally as we used to and so making sure that we're actually developing those muscles to only cut people off if that is actual way of repairing the world and making sure there isn't greater harm in it i think is a value that's worth uh pursuing and i'll also say if you notice
1: let's say a friend or someone you know um starts having some problematic beliefs behavior that kind of thing cutting them off. You, one thing about extremism, as, as, I've, as I've looked at cults and different kind of um, uh, belief system and ideologies that, that exist on the extremities of uh, the, the spectrum of belief, uh, one thing they do very well in these, these very extremist groups is they accept people who have been cut off from everywhere else. And so if you want to usher your friend along towards more extremist positions, if you want to usher that person towards um, uh, 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 more destructive behavior and beliefs than by all means cut them off. Um, and so, yeah, and th- that's just something that, that is just kind of true. We can back up with data. You can see, um, that, that these extreme groups, the extreme ideologies and belief systems, um, who they end up gathering are people who are totally cut off from everything else. They don't have family, they don't have friends and they. And these people who are longing for identity and acceptance and who've been cut off from other people end up finding an acceptance in in a place that draws them either further to an unhealthy belief and wrongheaded, um, actions and, and, um, ideologies. And so, um, you know, you becoming, you staying friends with someone and calling them out and talking to them and forming a relationship and establishing that you love and that there's a friendship here, but you, you disagree with them, talk through, you know, challenge them, Um, just might be what keeps someone from drifting to do even more harm to both themselves and the world around them. Um, you know, through friendship, I do believe people can change. And again, this is not, you might not be in a stage of life where you feel that you are able to, if you are feeling emotionally tired or or mentally tired, if you don't have the bandwidth, that's okay. It's okay to draw a boundary. And that's what I also want to say along with that, you know, be friends to, to help people, Um, Yes, I think that's a beautiful, it's it's just something that Jesus showed us. You know, Jesus hardly ever hung out with anybody he agreed with. And it was through interaction relationship with him, their lives were changed for the better and they were drawn into something more beautiful. Um, But not all of us have uh, Jesus's divine power and energy all the time. Sometimes it will be healthy, maybe not in a a reactive, angry way you cut someone off. But, you know, there are times when you say, "I, I can't do this right now. And it might be for a season, it might be for a long season, it might be forever, um, but that's okay too. And I really highly agree with what Joseph said is, um, try boundaries first. Um, boundaries are an amazing tool that you can use where you can keep relationship with people while protecting yourself. And and hopefully you can keep relationship to the end that they become healthier and and that can be something, a blessing in both your and their life. But boundaries are an amazing tool. Um, tool to be utilized here before you resort to complete cutting off. You know, we, we've seen all over TikTok, Twitter, whatever. There's a new thing a while ago with the almond moms. Um and I won't go into the whole thing, but it was like, you know, moms who who had some bad behavior growing up and people are just immediately cutting them out of your lives. And you know, sometimes talking to parents can be really, really difficult, getting them to hear stuff, um, which is totally true. Um but it's worth a shot of drawing a boundary. So you're not going to be affected by their negative behavior, but trying to invite them into a more healing, healthy place. Um, But again, you do need to protect yourself as well. So there's a lot of if, ands and buts here. This is not a um, always be friends or never be friends. This is a, you know, consider this a little more deeply. Think before you hit that unfriend button um uh, pray if you're if you're a believer before you uh stop talking to someone and and see and, and kind of explore are there ways that i can helpfully continue a friendship with this person because out of friendship grows health and out you know i felt to say i'm like so hippie if we all just love each other man it'll heal the world <laughs> um but there is some truth to that um and we do see that reflected in jesus and how he how he changed people through relationship um not to mention all the rising rates of loneliness and separation and division that we see every day um so yeah that those are kind of my ending thoughts joseph anything to add before we jump into buses
0: and curses? nope i think that that's perfect and beautiful uh think through it and love is good uh so anyway uh love, Sorry, love, yeah. love is love is good That. <laughs> That's we're super deep at the
1: uh, at the overthinkers. We give you such intellectual nuggets as love is good. Love is a Ooh, I'll say it, it again. So you can take that uh, to an academic and say you think you're deep. Check out this that I learned from the overthinkers: love, good.
0: <laughs> well, uh, on that note we can move on to our blesses and curses segment of the week, where we take a work of art, media, or resource um, that we want to recommend, i.e., bless or uh, dis, i.e., curse. And uh, so I will definitely uh, give it to you to uh, do blessings and curses because I still don't know what my curse is going to be yet. I'm I'm going to uh, first right
1: out the gate. I have to bless boundaries fantastic. If you don't understand the concept, or even just understand a little bit, but really want to figure out how to apply it in your life, because there, there are right and wrong ways to apply it, And you want to keep yourself safe. Um, and you want to protect yourself and be a healthier person boundaries, you got to go to it. I'm also going to suggest another book uh, by Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, and I think john Townsend um, are their names, um, which is safe people. And essentially, it talks about all the different kinds of toxic people. And I'm sure there are more that aren't covered in the book, but they cover a lot of different ways people can be toxic and it gives you a practical psychological uh way to deal with and live with those kinds of people um that might be something to read both of these books before you jump to cutting someone out of your life by the way i've cut people out of my life i do want to say that there have come points where i cut people out of my life so this is not me saying you never got someone out of your life but there are um there's a method here um, to going about figuring out if it's the right thing to do. And I think these books are great, great resources to engage with before we jump to that uh, conclusion. Um, I'm also going to bless, I have been um, watching, Keely and I have been watching, um, we, we need something to binge. We need a lot of episodes of something, which means we have to kind of go back to old standards. Uh, and I hadn't seen the show in years. I was like, wow, you know, I should really watch that again. So we need something to watch that we can just binge a few episodes a night and Parks and Rec, I think, is a beautiful depiction of exactly what we're talking about today. Because if you take all these characters uh, in this show, and you um, and, and you and you put them in the real world, most likely uh, in this world, in our particular world, our our break off from the multiverse, um, they would be at each other's throats. They would malign each other, hate each other, because every one of these characters believe something entirely different behaves differently. Um, all of them would find something problematic with the other, but what this show shows is it doesn't show perfect people who all just get along. There are shows, um, that do that. We all agree and we all get along, but what this show show does so brilliantly is have a, a varied, a huge varied cast. who all have incredibly different beliefs, um, personalities uh, values, you know, particularly this is, this is exemplified by the two of the lead, which is Nope and Ron Swanson, Leslie Nope is the ultimate, like kind-hearted, loving, um, uh, liberal and Ron Swanson is like the grumpy, give me my freedom or give me death, um, libertarian. And they, and there's this beautiful friendship between them both. And what's said often is I totally disagree with what you believe, but I love who you are. And I think that's a really, really wonderful thing. And what you actually see, which I think is actually brilliant by the writers, is you actually see that because of their friendship, their rough edges or their their toxic edges of what they believe, their ideology and their personalities are actually softened. And they both grow as people because they are friends with someone different who believes entirely differently than them, that they um, their their extremities that are pointy and sharp actually um, start to be reined in and sanded down, and they become healthier people because they are friends with someone who so vehemently disagrees um, with what the other believes, but they still share this one square foot where they can love each other for who they are. And again, as Joseph pointed out, they both want good and order and health in the world. They just disagree about how to go about applying those uh, or getting those results. Um, but the, but both of them appreciate each other in this really wonderful way. So if you have a chance, go back and watch this show. I think it'll actually help you be friends with people watching this. Like, oh, I can do that. I can be friends and find the common ground between people. And maybe I can learn and they can learn. Um, but I think it's a really, really wonderful show. And, um, I would definitely hire, Highly recommend checking it out as far as curses. Oh man, I couldn't think of like any one particular, like, um, like book movie um that worked and so i'm gonna go cheap today and just i'm gonna curse uh, (laughs) i don't even know i can't even go cheap and big i don't know what i'm gonna curse i'm gonna curse um
0: people losing friendships there we go. Does that does that work? I don't know. If you, can you find a way to tie in the creator to this? Because I know you wanted to curse that at some point. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for the right time. If we gotta wait for like the right episode to
1: curse on that, I'm very excited, and that will happen, and I'll tell you all my reasons why. But um, but I'm gonna save that curse, and so today I'm just gonna do a cheap curse, and I I curse I
0: curse hate I curse hate. There we go. <laughs> Well, you heard it here her, her, her first, folks. While well, I can speak today, love is good, hate is bad. Why would you say something so controversial yet so brave? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah, and um we have done a lot of the study through the years to come to these conclusions. So you're welcome.
0: Okay. Well, so yeah, I, I I'm going to go with some you know classic mainstays. Obviously, like the boundaries books, like you said, excellent. Um One of the uh one of my favorite movies of all time and so and i haven't cursed blessed it in a while so you'll you'll have to indulge me is the movie the fighter it's the uh mark Wahlberg and uh christian bale and amy adams movie about uh two brothers who and a, a and a family that's can can be co- somewhat toxic but uh who it's in the Mark Wahlberg's character. What I love about it is he learns to both set boundaries with his family when he didn't have any initially. But then, where another movie might show him saying, "Okay, the the point is to cut them out of your life," he actually they actually show him growing to become mature enough that he can actually reconcile with his family after he set some of those healthy boundaries. I loved that picture of of forgiveness of and and reconciliation. Um, be given to that story, and it's just such a well acted, entertaining film. Um, so I'm definitely bless that. Uh, for curse, I don't know. Again, it, it's it, it, there's. I think that um, you know, movies that make make a make either make toxic families seem uh, not toxic or seem make a you know healthy families seem toxic. I I think that um, you know, I I really a couple of mainstays people know that i've i just like these movies whether it's uh dan in real life which or 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 uh little miss sunshine which i know we got fans of that or one of my old favorites says uh uh was it a something anything uh which uh either little miss sunshine kind of makes a toxic family relationship seem normal and healthy um and uh the uh something anything making it's like ah you have a conflict it's like just go get you know just find a new spouse it's like that's not a good way to do these things i can also just curse blue beetle because it was just such a boring formulaic movie even though it was all about family uh but (laughs) that's 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 about all i got for for this one that works those work i would also you the um making
1: toxic families look healthy that reminds me of a movie that i I, it's just, I can't do it. Um, it's a Christmas movie. Um, the Family Stone um, is just, oh my gosh, like goodness gracious, stop trying to make toxicity look like health. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, there's like a whole run of those movies, particularly like in this time. And I understand because I think a lot of us are coming from broken families and want to believe the best about our family, but there's still an element of like, no, we still knew need to identify bad behavior. That's hurtful. Um, and that has negative affect on our lives. And so there was like a whole run of these movies where it's like, look how terrible this family treats each other. Uh, well, there, It was a show. I watched like one episode and was like, this is awful and i know people love it so i probably shouldn't even say the show but you but just me saying that uh you guys know what i'm talking about so i'm cursing that show that you just thought of that you know what i'm talking about where it's a terribly unhealthy family but it was supposed to be seen their unhealthy was cute and quirky no it's not it hurts people um so yeah so yeah, we i agree with you all that to say
0: cool sounds great well i'll try to uh, uh watch more movies and shows about. To- toxic relationships so i have more to uh curse next time we 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 fall into this uh this category but uh but anyway thank you so much everyone for joining us today uh nathan if people uh i value our fake friendship and if people value our fake friendship as well uh and want to get in touch with us or or talk to us give love and hate mail all that stuff uh where can they go and if they want to get in touch with you where can they go
1: uh, they can first go to the overthinkersjournal.world. Yeah, we wanna, we wanna hear your pushback. Um, we're open to being wrong. Uh, this is just what we think and we constantly think new things. Um, thank goodness that people haven't cut us off because of that. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny to think about like the start of this this podcast. I'm sure that like our opinions on like early episodes have totally shifted now. So we'll have to go back and apologize for those at some point, just don't cut us off, we're sorry. Uh, but yeah, we wanna hear your feedback. We, we love hearing from you. It's always fun. We, uh, Fellow overthinkers are people who are kindred spirits to us. So yeah, head over to the overthinkersjournal.world. Also join our online group, The Overthinkers, on Facebook. Um, Just go in there and request. We'll let you in, and you'll be among our ranks. We want you there. Uh, And also bring a lot of good memes with you. So uh, you'll be much beloved if you do. Um, If you want to get in touch with me, go to nathanclarkson.me. You can find out um, what I'm working on. Uh, You can get some of my books and projects there. You can also search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. You can find
0: me on any of the socials as well. Uh, it's either Joseph Holmes or Normal Guy. There's a story there. You can ask about it. Maybe I'll tell you about it. Then you have, of course, my website, josephholmesstudios.com, where you can find my work. Also, you can reach out if you want coaching on uh, making a movie. Give my, uh, give my, uh, my uh, rundown, my opinion on your uh, notes on your script if you're interested in making a movie. I am a film critic, as you know, as I've told you, and I have... A bunch of my work is up at religionunplugged.com. So if you are interested in my thoughts on those things, you can go check those out there as well. Well, thank you, everybody else, so much for listening to us today. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about.